Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm just grateful to be here today and to be preaching to you guys. It's been a while. I'm, I'm excited. I've been learning a lot. Um, and today I'm going to be preaching about remaining in the vine. Yes. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. So we're going to read that. We're going to read John chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. You're my Bible, Ramon, so I'm just waiting for you. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the world I have spoken the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as all, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And all this about remaining in Jesus, you know, Jesus could have used a bunch of different uh, analogies to compare ourselves to him, but he uses this vine. When I think about a vine, it's very, everything is connected. It's like Siamese twins sharing body fluids. It's, I mean, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, we're connected. Like we're in the same room together and that's enough. You know, I don't want to be connected physically. But that's the kind of connection Jesus asks be, you know, for, for us to be. Being connected to Jesus, what does that mean? He has to be a part of everything. Everything in your life. So it's like, well, I'm, you know, me, I, 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 I do a lot of things in my life. I, to make money and to, you know, I'm a, well, I don't, I'm a father first and I'm a, a, a husband. But I'm a web designer, I'm an actor, and I'm a, uh, well, I was a substitute teacher, uh, not this year. But I do all these things, and I'm a Christian. And that's the way it was for me for a very long time. I was like, oh, and I'm a Christian too. But when you talk about a connection that you have with Jesus remaining in the vine, you're a Christian. Your identity is with Christ first and foremost. And I happen to do these other things too. And that's and why is that important? Because you won't have happiness true happiness any other way believe me i've tried yes. i'm telling you from experience is your zeal the same as it was in the beginning you know when you're first connected with jesus your zeal is there and the one that makes me zealous is, is really is really jesus it wasn't always like that but it is you know i want to focus on one thing today because i think it's so important and it's such as you know we've heard the scripture a million times remaining in the vine but really how do we do that how do we remain in the vine? You know, according to John 15, you can actually get cut off from the vine. It said he cuts, Jesus will cut you off. I don't like to think of Jesus like that. Like I like to think of him on the stained glass with the peace sign and the lamb. He's holding a lamb. That guy with the lamb, he's not going to cut anybody off. No, he's going to cut, he'll cut us off if we can't remain in the vine. You know, there's two ways we can cut us off and we can cut ourselves off. So how do we remain in the vine? That's what I want to talk about today. I got four points. Um, one is helping others, getting help, bearing fruit, and following his commands. So we're going to dive right in. You know, helping others and getting help, it's all part of that being connected. You know, um, when I think about helping others, it used to be very easy to help somebody. The, the church culture has changed. I don't know if you know this, but it used to be you could just go over and you could help somebody. Now... There's this thing, this is the new thing I've heard recently. I don't know if you've heard this, but like you say, you'll, you'll talk to somebody or they'll talk to you and they'll be going on and on about how horrible life is. 
And then you'll offer some advice. And they'll say, don't try to fix me. Have you, is anybody, is this just me? Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Don't try to fix me. That's like the new thing. Now I understand, I, I get, what, what are they saying? Okay, they wanna be heard, they wanna be listened to. And that is very important. You don't, I just jump in with, I just jump in with solutions and my wife hates it. And I gotta, I, I'm gonna just, hold on, I'm gonna just loosen this here. There we go, there we go, now I'm um, it's choking me. Um, yeah, I just jump in with solutions. I wanna help, I wanna fix. And we gotta listen, that's definitely true. But we don't want to only listen and only, like, all right, a good example is when I was in college, right, and I would hang around with a bunch of guys, this is before I was a Christian, hang around with a bunch of guys who would tell me what I would want to hear. Like, we don't cl- complain about our girlfriends, and like, there's always those friends that are with you, they're going to agree with you no matter what. It's like, oh, you know, my girlfriend, you know, she wanted to go, she wanted me to go see her parents at Thanksgiving, and be like, she sounds crazy. I'm like, I know, that's not even the crazy part. You know, they will side with you no matter what you say or what you do. You can complain. You, oh, you know, you're right, they're wrong. I don't know if that's where we want to be. When you say, don't fix me, I don't know about you, but me, I kind of want to be fixed. Is that weird? Is that wrong? Is that like two 1990s or something? I want to be fixed. I mean, I want to vent too. I'm, sometimes I'm, like, I'm kind of venting right now, you know? But uh, I want to I wanna stay in the vine. I, I want to be fixed. You know, I got, I mean, right now I get to preach to you guys and it's great. And, I'm, and I'm, I, I get to live a great life with a great wife and great kids. And our, 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 our life is like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I mean, like, we're just so happy and friendly. and it's, it's, it's like bizarre. But it's because we're remaining in the vine. I got there because of unsolicited advice. People gave me unsolicited advice constantly. It was like, all right, I'm done. Just please. I, I thought today was good. What do you, you know? Like the guys would invite me over to their house. I was like, well, come on over and have a sandwich. And I like sandwiches. I like them. They have, especially if you put a nice sauce on there, it's really good. But they would, but it, was a, it wasn't just a sandwich. It was a sandwich. It was a little side order of rebuke. Now, I don't know if you know, if you, you may not, you, I know a lot of us know what a rebuke is. If you don't know what a rebuke, let me explain what a rebuke is. It's a strong correction. Uh, somebody's like, oh, you're, <laughs> bro, you done with that sandwich? You know, <laughs> it's like, let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Um, and that's what it was. It was, it was pain. I guess it was painful at the time, but I'm so grateful for it. Because those things were, I mean, and sometimes they were harsh, but they got me back on track. I remember those things when I was in my 20s. Uh, I probably, I needed that a lot of the time when I was in my 20s. I needed somebody to get up, there, get in there and help me. You know, now maybe, maybe you're sitting there so we're talking about helping others. Let's talk about getting help. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're like, you know, no one's helping me. I'm just sitting here and I'm hurting and I'm in pain and nobody's helping me. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if that, were, if that is the case because our, the culture of our church really does, has changed since, you know, like 20 years ago. I remember you got help whether you liked it or not. But now it's gotten people have been stand. I have gotten standoff, standoffish. I've gotten standoffish. But we're all connected so we have to feel what each other feels, you know? But at the same time, you gotta remember, if you're that person who needs help, remember, when my hand hurts, my hand is connected to my wrist, which is connected to my arm, which is connected to my body, and there's these things, and they send impulses to my brain. So when my hand hurts, it sends a message. And I'm like, whoa, it hurts, I gotta go do something about this. I can't just let this linger, right? Because we're a body. We're a vine. Like, think of all the things Jesus says. Jesus says, we're a body of Christ. 
He didn't use that accidentally. If someone in the back is hurting, look, somebody in the back is hurting. She's got crutches. Uh, hey, Susan. <laughs> hey, Frank. Uh, oh, he's got crutches. Sorry, I thought they were next to you. So, like, we, you know, if somebody's hurting, we got to feel that. And it, we should feel it. And I think on some level we do feel it, but we've got to get back in there. We've got to get, we've got to get help people get help. You know, I'm Sicilian, so that's never a problem for me. If I'm, if I'm hurting, the whole side of the room knows. You know, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I'm profoundly unable to keep my pain a secret. But Jesus doesn't require us just to be attached. You know, that's not even attached. He requires us to send those signals back and forth to help one another. Are you, you know, we got to get help from one another. That's, that's, this is where the help is. It's not out there. Believe me, it's in here. Let's talk about bearing fruit. Let's go back. Let's look at John chapter 15, uh, verse 5 to 8. And it says, uh, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear so much that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be to my disciples. Okay, so we have the scripture, it's all about fruit. But what is fruit, right? I mean, is it bringing people to church? Is it, you know, let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We talk about fruit. Because this is where, I mean, I've, the, the Apostle Paul really, really um, defines fruit here. He says that the fruit of the Spirit, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. You know, this makes sense. We want fruit, right? We want this stuff. I want love and joy and peace and forbearance and goodness and kindness and all this stuff. But when I look at that list by myself, my own tendencies, I am not gentle. <laughs> I, you can, maybe you can tell that's how loud I shout. Um, <laughs> Self-control. I don't have very good self-control you know kindness you know i'm not always kind even to my own kids i'm like get over it you know get up let's go you know like i can be very harsh i need i need this stuff i need to be connected to you guys because you guys have what you got you guys have jesus you guys have what it takes to help me you know there's an actually a law in the torah right in in exodus that forbids people from cutting down trees that bear fruit that's why acacia wood was always cut down, right? They use acacia wood for the ark. For the, there's no, they don't, it doesn't bear fruit. So that was okay to cut down. You know, it's the idea that God didn't want this stuff to be wasted. He knew he wanted people to be using it because it's a good thing. You know, think, if you think of things like love and self-control and faithfulness, these are all good foods, right? You think of good foods like fruit is a good food. So then, then things like hatred, anger, and selfishness are bad foods, how long can we survive on these bad foods? 
The world says you need them because you need the armor. You need to be tough. These are bad food. These are poison. Too much of it, not a good thing. You know, if you're in a relationship and you spend all your time blaming the other person, then you're gorging yourself on bad foods. You know, how long can you go on anger in your marriage? How long can you go on bitterness? Does hatred fix our relationship? Does hatred fix a ma- I've never seen that. I've never seen that happen. And yes, we hold on to it. Hatred didn't fix my relationship with my dad. And I held on to it for so long. It wasn't until I let go of that, our relationship got better. You know, and not to, not to say that this, like, again, I, I know how the world works. Selfishness can drive you to get a better job. But is that the kind of job you want? Bitterness can get you a spouse. But is that the kind of marriage you want? I don't know. I don't think so. Now, when something like this happens, when something bad happens... Oh, actually, hold on. I skipped. Um, I, I got to go back. Um, okay. Two weeks ago, I got to tell you this story. Uh, I'm a web designer. I have a web server. All these websites are on this server. They just sit there and, and you know, people can click on them and it's great. Well, my web server got attacked by malware. You know what malware is? You ever go to a site and then, like... It goes to the site for a second, and then it goes to another site about betting or the Lord knows what. (laughs) That's what happened to my my web server and all my clients. All my clients got infected. It was just completely out of the blue. Just happened. Seven of my websites were on the server, and uh, they all got, they were all infected. I was going, I was like, I saw one, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I went to another one, and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God, oh no, they're all... And they're all going, they're all going one by one. And so I called my hosting provider because they have a security feature that I guess hopefully, you know, I'm like, I'm hoping they're gonna help me. And they go, they go, well, we'll do a scan. And they did a scan and they said, Yeah, well, you got malware. I said, oh, thanks for telling me what I, what I already know. And then uh, they shut down my site. But my whole server, they, they so every time you went to any server, it said account suspended on the website. So all these clients are calling me and I'm trying to call, you know, the hosting provider. And so I'm going, we're going back and forth trying to figure out how I can make it. I actually deleted 2,136 files individually on my server. Now, when you delete 2,136 files individually, I don't mean like you just, you highlight them all and click delete. I mean, you have to go into all the directories and find each one that's infected. And I, yeah, like Ramon's shaking his head like, that's rough, bro. And I did that, and, they, and then they gave me a clean bill of health, and then two hours later, malware. Yeah, I know, I don't know why. So I, uh, I had to call in big guns. Long story short, too late, it cost, Three, three grand for me to fix this thing. $3,000. That's a pretty large percentage of you know, what I make anyway. So uh, I'm not getting rich off this. Um, so when something like this happens, my energy goes into all in to try to fix it. You know, so everything goes out the window. Family, I gotta put you guys on hold. You know, cooking, babe, you gotta do that. You know, all that stuff, I gotta get this done. And because people are calling me, people are relying, people depend on me. And 
So I'm working on this, and now, okay, now when, when stuff, something like this happens, here's what, here's what I do. I stop having quiet times until it's fixed. I don't like to admit that, but that's what I've done in the past. But this summer, I, re- I was reading Job and Ecclesiastes, and, uh, you know, in Job, I don't know if you're, if you're not familiar, just basic thing, Job is a guy who has a lot of stuff, he's got everything, and then God, uh, you... Basically, uh, well, Satan uses uh, disease, calamity, and disaster to take it all away. The whole time, God's trying to basically prove a point with Job. But Job doesn't understand, and he demands an explanation. He's like, what is going on? I don't, this does not make any sense. I don't deserve this. God, and he charges God with wrongdoing. And God says a bunch of things to him very gently, but he says, listen, he says, the, the, the whole take home is this. He says to Job, Job, I know you don't understand what's going on, but I invite you to trust in my wisdom. And Job thinks for a minute, and he says, okay, okay. Let's look at John 15, verse 12, keeping his commands. In John 15, verse 12, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So I got up that next morning. After a late night of working and then fitful sleep. I really didn't sleep much. I brought my kids to school. And I sat down and I read my Bible. And I don't know if I really retained a lot. (laughs) Because it was hard. But I showed up. I showed up. I got there and I said, okay, I'm going to read this. And I, I, I retained some and I sat there. I did it. And then I went out for my prayer walk. My web server's down. My phone is, is I left it in the house uh, because people are calling. Count suspended. It's still there. And I went on my prayer walk. And um, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pray about this. I mean, I prayed, I'll pray like a sentence. God, fix my web server. Amen. Now I'm going to pray through something else. I'm going to pray through the Torah. I'm going to pray through how I'm grateful for God. I'm I'm trying to pray. And all of a sudden, uh, this woman pulls up uh, up alongside of me, this older woman, and she's she's lost. And she wants directions. And, you know, I'm like, I've been, like, spending the whole time trying to get help from somebody else. And they're not helping me unless I pay them $3,000. And now this person wants help from me. And I feel like I don't want to give them, I don't want to help her. You know, I don't, <laughs> I just don't. I'm like, I'm, can't you see I'm praying? You know, I, <laughs> but I, I, uh, I was like, what, you know, what, what, how can I help you? You know, and, and, and she was like, oh, I can't find Stewart Avenue. I'm like, it's right over there. It's like, literally, you could see it. <laughs> you know, and she's like, oh, wait. I'm like, well, you make a right and you make a left. And then I see her turn and she doesn't know where she's going. And so I'm like, so I run after her, and I run down the street, and she's got the blinkers on. She's not going that very fast, and she pulls over, and I'm like, listen, okay, so you just, you just did half of the directions, so that's now just go over there, and you'll see Stuart, you know? And 
she's like, oh, wow, thank you so much. I really, she's like, you're like an angel. I really wouldn't have known where to go. And I was like, well, th- thank you for that. And then she says, um, can, is there anything I can pray for you? I was like, you're not from around here, are you? I didn't say that. I said, uh, yeah, actually, there is something you can pray for me about. And she's like, what? I'm like, well, I got this web server and $3,000, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm going to pray for you, John. I was like, thank you, Madeline. Her name was Madeline. And uh, she went, and I left. And I was like, you know, I should have, I should have been, gosh, I should have invited her to church. What, what was I thinking? I was just so blown away by the question, you know. So I made my regular route. I walked up Willowbrook Road. I <clears throat> made a left on, uh, what is that, Watchhog Road. I made a right on Stewart. And who's, on, who's parked on Stewart? Madeline. I'm like, and I, so I go over, I'm like, you all right? You so, no, no, I'm, I just got here really early. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know Staten Island very well. I figured I'd get here early. My, this is my friend's house. I'm just waiting. I said, oh, okay. So I start talking to Madeline. Mad, turns out Madeline is a retired police officer. She's going to this policeman's ball in a little bit, you know, after you know, we talk or whatever. She's with her friend. And uh, she's telling me you know, all these stories. But I, this one story I want to tell you about her son, Mark. She told me the story, Mark. Um, was a first responder during 9-11. But the day of 9-11, Mark was on a cruise. He was on a cruise sailing away from Siesta Key. And they had just shoved off, okay? Sailing away, the first plane hits. And he sees it, I guess they had a TV, and he sees it and he's like, I, and he starts asking, I gotta, we gotta, can we go back? I gotta go back. I wanna go back to New York. And they're like, you're crazy. Well, you're on a cruise. You can't. He's like, but I'm a first responder. You don't understand. I, those are my friends that are gonna be going to that site. I've got to be there. I've gotta help them. Everyone's like, no, you can't. You cannot. We're not, there's no way we're gonna go, go back. We don't go back. The second plane hit. Mark made a decision. He left his stuff, he left his luggage, he jumps overboard. He jumps overboard. I'm not even making this up. He swims to Siesta Key. He gets out of the water. He goes to an airport. He says, I need to get a plane. They say, you're crazy. There's no planes. Okay, I need to rent a car. They give him a car. He rents the car. He drives up 95, speeding. Cop pulls him over. What are you doing? You're speeding. He's like, I know, look, I know I'm speeding. I got to get back to New York. I gotta help over in New York. Guys, like you're crazy. What are you gonna do? You can't help them. They're they're dead. Guy gives him a ticket. Madeline tells me she's framed that ticket. So Mark drives up. He gets he gets there like a day late. He gets there like September 12th in the morning, and he's ready. He's helping. Mark died in 2008 from cancer. Situation related, you know. Stuff, uh, medical conditions related to what happened. Now, I don't know if this guy was a Christian. I don't know if he followed Jesus. I don't know what his. Li- I mean, I don't know what he believed. But there's one thing for certain: this guy understands something about God that I don't. Because if I was on that ship, I would have stayed on the ship. I would have just thought, okay, well, I can't go, man. And I would have thought, okay, well, God, you know, was, was looking out for me. Right? I mean, that's what most of us would think, I I would imagine. But he had to get in there. He had to get in there. Why? Because he felt connected. 
He felt like a part of something. Do you feel like a part of something? I have to ask, do I feel like a part of something? How far am I willing to go? What does Jesus say here? Well, he says this, you are my friends. Well, he says, uh, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That was Mark's mantra the whole time. I got to get back to help my friends. Those are my friends in there. And Jesus adds this little thing that none of us can really add. He says, now you are my friends if you do what I command. He can say that. He, does, he has the full right to say that. You know, when my server got attacked, I couldn't understand what the big deal was. Like, I couldn't understand what, what, why was I being punished for this. It doesn't make any sense. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Well, this server attack caused me to actually look at my business. I spent a lot of time learning code, like the coding of it. I'm trying, you know, learning all the ways to do what I'm doing. But what I, I haven't spent too much time on is actually looking at my business. And I went to four different people. I went to uh, a couple of business owners, an accountant, a uh, CEO of an ad agency, and a CEO of an, I, of an IT solutions company. And they all told me the same thing. They looked at my books and they were like, John, you're not charging enough. You don't charge your clients enough. And I was like, well, yeah, I knew I, knew I charged low. And they were like, no, you don't understand. You're losing money. And I was like, what, really? And then they, they told me what I had to charge. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I don't want to do that. Like, I, that's too much, you know? No, 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 that's, that's normal. And then the, 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 the ad agency guy is showing me. He's like, this is, this, this, this is how much these people charge. This, and you're giving good service. And now you have this special security. Now you're, doing, you're giving great service. You can charge this. And I, I, I just, I, I wouldn't have listened to that before had that calamity struck. Because I'm prideful. I'm, I'm kind of a prideful guy. I'm a leader, and I guess like I'm supposed to, be, supposed to be a certain amount of pride there. But I can't listen to people unless something knocks me, knocks into me. You know? I don't know how I feel about that, but that's who I am. You know, I just, I mean, I want to get, I want to change. But I can't, I've real learned that. I don't listen to people unless something hits me. Uh, and I'm glad it did. I'm glad that happened. You know, and I'm glad I said, like, I, I don't know, was, normally I would have been like, you know what, God? Uh, like, I don't know how, where we stand right now, you know? But it was like, I thought about that moment when he says to Job, Job, I invite you to trust my wisdom. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that. There's got to be a reason for this. And it showed up. It showed up a couple, not even a day or two later, when I asked advice. I went to someone for help. And I got help. And then I turned around and told my clients. And they were like, yeah, that seems fair. <gasps> and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, John, we don't want to leave you. We don't want you to, we, we want to keep you. We want to keep working with you. <clears throat> I, I, I got emotional on the phone, you know. With, with these people and I'm like I mean I, I tried you know I was like yeah no I'm just really thank you you know and I was like that's great um, and it's great because now this thing that I'm doing can actually grow I can actually support it and I see it I see it now um, but if we do what Jesus commands we become his friends we become connected to something bigger than ourselves and our lives will bear this fruit that we all want we got to form these connections with people in the vine. 
Don't be afraid to say something silly or stupid and, or, or hurt somebody's feelings. You can always apologize. You can always go back and say, look, I'm sorry. I just wanted to help you. How can you be mad at that? Hmm. The stakes are too high. These aren't answers to how can I be a better Christian. These are answers to how can I have a better life. we got to remain in Jesus. It sounds simple, but it's, it can be complicated. But let's get help, and let's help one another. Amen. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I want to thank you uh, just, for, <laughs> just for everything you give us. You wrote this whole book uh, that we can understand, that we can learn from. Um, and the book of the law, it sounds so legal, but it's stories. It's just stories about people. People helping people, people not helping people, what happens, the, the, the results. God, I'm so grateful for it, God. I pray that you help us to continue to dig into your word and to continue to help each other and get help from one another, God. It's so important, and we need it. Not, not after a, we have no, I, I pray that you don't have to send a lot of calamities to make us listen. I pray that we can just do it naturally. God, I love you so much. I pray for this week, I pray for this month, I pray for this year, I pray for this life that you've given us, God. And I pray that you help us to continue to get stronger and stronger connection with your son, Jesus. God, I pray this in the name of your son.